Welcome to the Fescue Rescue. I'm your host, Nick Rogers, ready to break down the 2022 Sanderson Farms Championship from a DFS perspective. If you're new to the channel, uh, the Fescue Rescue is a podcast. We're going to focus on PGA DFS recaps, trying to uncover key insights from that weekend, uh, the previous weekend's tournament, so we can make better decisions moving forward, uh, either for the next week, identifying trends, uh, maybe things we're missing, things that might work, or for you know next year's version of that same tournament. So before we set our eyes on Vegas for the Shriners, uh, let's take a deep dive on on DFS insights from the Sanderson Farms. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at the Fesky Rescue. Uh, it's our main channel of communication um, in in the socials. Uh, and if you like the show, drop a five star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening. Definitely the best way for the channel to grow. Best way to get recognition out of the gate. That's how the algorithms uh, pay attention to to new pop uh, new podcasts that have launched. So that'd be huge. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, let's talk about the Sanderson Farms. So Mac Hughes, Mackenzie Hughes pulls out a win in a playoff over Sepp Straka. Hughes' second career PGA Tour win uh, comes a week after the Presidents Cup. Um, maybe a little chip on his shoulder. Uh, that's hard to <laughs> to make tangible, I guess. Two other Canadians were chosen for the President's Cup international team. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes obviously was not selected, but 2024 President's Cup will be held in Montreal, so maybe we get a little Mac Hughes heater for the next 18 months uh, as he prepares or, or wants to to make that next international team. Who knows? It's probably hard to, to identify, but pretty interesting. I think that he won um, coming off of the President's Cup. In, in general, the optimal lineup this week, let's start there. Uh, the optimal lineup would have spent $46,400, so leaving uh, $3,600 on the table. Obviously, you needed uh, guys in the top five. Um, what's really interesting this week was that if you faded the 10K range entirely, would have done pretty well. Um, Sepp Straka, $8,900. Mackenzie Hughes, 7000 Garrick Higo, 6,100, uh, near the dead men. Mark Hubbard, 7,400. Keegan Bradley, 9,400. And then Dean Burmeester at 7,600. So um, we'll get into some some correlation at the top, but left a lot of money on the table uh, for the optimal lineup. Scored over 580 points, I believe. Uh, so pretty pretty good uh, scoring there from, from those folks. Uh, definitely a birdie fest putting contest. Is what the week turned into. Um, let's talk about correlation at the top of the board and, and some of the things that might have led to the optimal lineup or at least finding guys inside the top 10. So of the 12 guys that finished inside the top 10 due to ties, nine of them played in the Fortinet Championship the week prior. So 75% compared to last year's top 10. Or um, well 75%, you know, 75% of the, the top 10 this year uh, – including ties, were played last week. Looking at that same uh, data point last year for the Sanderson Farms top 10, 80% of those players played in the Fortinet the week before. Even if they missed the cut, it seems like maybe getting your legs under you to start the season 
could be a good lead indicator moving forward for the the Sanderson Farms, the second tournament of the year. Um, again, like I said, uh, even if they missed the cut the week prior, it, it's pretty interesting. Of the eight guys that finished top 10 last year, so 2021, of the eight guys that finished top 10 and played the week prior in the Fortinet, five of those guys missed the cut at the Fortinet. So they missed the cut and then next week finished top 10 at the Sanderson. Probably also has a lot to do with the strength of field. The uh, the Fortinet and the Sanderson Farms are relatively low strength of field tournaments, but um, you know maybe that's an identifier for for guys next year uh, for the second tournament of the year. It might be a huge plus to you know play uh, that first week. Let's talk about some abnormal stats to be aware of. Maybe heading into the Shriners, uh, those are kind of the key insights I found. The key data points. Uh, I try to look for uh, key. There was nothing this week in terms of weather stacks, AM, PM stacks. Uh, like I said, I think the biggest translation this week was uh, guys that played in the Fortnite the week prior. Um, those guys definitely had a huge advantage uh, coming into the top 10 for the Sanderson. Some abnormal stats. Uh, just things to be aware of that I thought were interesting. So three of the four 10K players missed the cut. Uh, Sam Burns was the most expensive player, finished 30th, so definitely didn't help your lineups. His ownership was over 30%. Um, and he was the most expensive player. Now, last year, he also was the most expensive player at this tournament, and he won. So uh, probably not a... Um, draw a line in the sand that you should always fade the the top um the guys over 10k but uh it's worth noting who played the week prior perhaps and if ownership is going to exceed 25 30% because this tournament is such a, a birdie putting contest that may or that may be worth fading um additionally i mean this is kind of compared to last year but out of the 43 full field events last year on the PGA tour so not including the tour championship the winner did come from the 10K range about 33% of the time. So a third of the tournaments, you actually did see the winner come out of the 10K range. Um, obviously not this week. Mac Hughes was 7,000. Um, but that was a trend last year in, in the 2021 season. A lot of the chalk ended up winning. A lot of the shorter odd uh, players at the top of the, the uh, betting odds did pull out the wins. Now let's see what happens moving into 2022. We we finally got a, a I think Mac Hughes was um, obviously definitely longer than 50 to one. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, one guy I wanted to bring up uh, that I really believe is going to be popular again this week uh, after back-to-back top tens is Taylor Montgomery. I personally am just a little skeptical still. He gained nearly six strokes putting this week after he gained almost, uh, I think, just over 11 last week or two weeks ago, I guess I should say, in the Fortinet Championship. Um, in a field strength that's nearly double that uh, of the of the Sanderson Farms, we're going into the Shriners. Uh, the field strength is almost twice that of the Sanderson. I'm fading a guy like that. Um I just really am skeptical of a guy uh, gaining three, four times in a row strokes game punting over six, you know, six strokes per week. Um, 
prove me wrong, I guess, you know, but if the, if the ownership is going to be there, I assume he's going to be really popular as people see the back-to-back top tens, just not something I'm going to eat this week. Um, so that does it. I, um, I will say that uh, we're going to keep these episodes short, just a couple snippets every week of, of insights we found, keep it pretty easy to digest. Um, you know, I'm still getting the, the hang of how we want these these episodes to be structured. Uh, moving forward, I'm going to try to uh, find some other deep dives that I'm interested in, like how often the most expensive golfer wins, um, how often the top-owned players, uh, 20% and higher, I guess I should say, maybe we call it 25% and higher, how often those finish within the top five of DraftKings scoring. Um, some other things I want to investigate that I'll talk about on this channel and on this show will be, um, can we think of this, uh, can we think of DFS lineups in golf similarly to how we think about fantasy football lineups? Um, Matthew Barry made that, uh, fairly popular thinking about, well, you just need your lineup to get to a hundred points. Obviously that's a bit higher now with half point PPR scoring and, and the league is way up, but back in the day, 15 years ago, maybe that was a big, uh, strategy for, for folks. So uh, how do we think about that in terms of PJ, uh, DFS? Obviously a lot of it comes from, um, the finishing numbers, you know, if you if you win if you get first place, obviously there's a huge bonus for the finishing position. But how can we start to think about guys who have better chances of finishing top twenty? Um, it's not always about having the optimal lineup to win money in D in in PGA DFS. Um, if we know that we need to get to let's just say four hundred and eighty points a week to make it to the cash, you know, how do we start to figure that out amongst the six golfers in our lineup? Uh, top to bottom. So who's most likely to get there? Who's the um, the safest play? Uh, another thing I would love to investigate. So those are some things to look forward to. Again, we're off to the Shriners in Vegas. Um, a stronger field should be super interesting this weekend. Looking forward to it. Um, so I hope you like the show. Again, drop a, a five-star review. Uh, like and subscribe to the show. Would really appreciate it. And then follow us over on Twitter. Um uh, starting to release some things, uh, just data points we see. Um, yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we're off to the good luck off to the Shriners.